delighted that we have our opportunity to have our chat again this week. Praying that everything is going well with you, according to your prayers, according to uh, the promises that the Lord made you, and even according to your desires, because you have consulted with the Lord. This week, really, um, there's so much <laughs> that I want to share, and, and the Lord has really been uh, impressing some things in my spirit and it is difficult when mm. you know that in today's society there is so many voices so many people are hearing uh, advice from those that they entrust uh, their uh, confidences with and this sort of thing but the Lord wants you to know that you're going to need more. You're going to need grace and favor for more than money. Tonight, that's what we're going to be talking about. Oh, my goodness. As usual, we're going to be going through a few scriptures. And... What is pressing on me so much is because the Lord is letting me know that we've been talking about exposure now uh, since last year. Exposure coming to the house of God. And he's let me know that truthfully, there is going to be someone that's in a major position in the body of Christ that is going to expo be exposed for a fraud. They are using scripture, they're using position, they're using status, but they're dipping in some unholy territory, dealing with astrology, apothecary, and this sort of thing, dipping into uh, the false teachers of Nostradamus, who stole prophecies that were already written and had already been um, manifested, had already been made known to be true. But when it came down to Nostradamus, and I know that this is going to uh, be hard for some to hear, but when it came down to Nostradamus, he actually stole prophecies. He just would write things in, uh, in a, a sense that, you know, that it could fit anything. That's why you have so many people saying that the Bible is left up to interpretation. Uh, they would listen to what Nostradamus did. Nostradamus was a Jew that his family decided that they were going to... Uh, denounced their uh, Jewish faith and they became Catholic. But Nostradamus decided he was going to go to medical school and he didn't make it. He then decided he was going to go on this uh, venture to find herbal medicines. But if you study Nostradamus, you will realize that he went further than just trying to create medicines. He had gone to dark the dark side and 
in his dealings and his uh, state of mind, he allowed a lot of spirits to come in that were not holy. And that has happened in the body of Christ, has continued to happen in the body of Christ. We have leaders now, some are giving themselves titles that the Lord did not give to them, nor did he ordain their positions. They are exploiting people. They are open, wide, well-known, but the Lord did not give them that uh, position. And they're advising people. They're telling lies to the body of Christ, giving them the delusion that they are uh, in sync with powerful men and women of God, but they are not. They're dipping into some unholy territory. And if you study numerology and you study other things, you will notice that some of these leaders who call themselves voice pieces for the Lord in the prophetic office are using astrology. They will ask you questions. If you have ever been asked for a word that you have to pay for, and then they start asking you your birth date. They start asking you things of that nature. They are dipping into astrology. Why are they wanting to know your birth date? It's because they want to know where you are as far as the stars and, and, and your choices, what your personality will be. Are you going to be one that is easily, uh, I can't say tricked because you will be compassionate, uh, willing to give, very benevolent. And then there will be others that are, yes, they are benevolent, but that they can, uh, they have this tendency to question what has been going on. And that is what's going to happen to the body of Christ. Look to June the 6th, the double number of man. You're going to find that there will be a man that has called himself a major name, gave himself a major uh, uh, title, has already been uh, called by uh, the financial institutions as being a fraud. But because he has uh, favor, with those in uh, leadership positions in the church, those that are in uh, affluent places as far as uh, music industry, all of these sort of things, and even kin to some. And I'm making it very plain and clear. He will be exposed because more and more of those that have been deceived having to constantly... Uh, do without in their home because of owing this man. This man does not give advice from God at all. He knows this. He has become a very uh, convincing con artist. You would know him because he will then uh, 
throw off on everyone that actually calls you to feel that you've been condemned because you are no longer going to uh, be deceived by his you've been paying for finery for him and you will realize that there's not much he's giving you getting your information was not giving you the word from the Lord that you were seeking and you thought that this individual was going to be the voice piece that he has proclaimed that he is. Exposure is coming to the house of God. Exposure is coming to the nation. We already said changing of the guards. And this one, he's going to be dropped immediately by those that have been covering for him, supporting him. They are going to allow him to be exposed in his own nakedness. Because he's gone too far. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Let's go to the word. He says that you need more than, you need grace and favor for more than money. Second Samuel. We're still in Second Samuel. Here in the 15th chapter, the 31st verse. Then someone reported to David, Ahithophel is among the conspirators, conspirators with Absalom. Lord, David pleaded, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Then in 17, no, 1623, now the advice of Ahithophel, now the advice Ahithophel gave in those like someone asking about a word from God. Such was the regard that both David and Absalom had for Ahithophel's advice. Now, 17, 15, and we'll read until he says to stop. Hushai then told the priests Zadok and Abiathar, this is what Ahithophel advised Absalom and the elders of Israel, and this is what I advised. Now send someone quickly and tell David, don't spend the night at the wilderness ford, but be sure to cross over the Jordan, or the king and all the people with him will be devoured. Jonathan and Ahamaz were standing in Abogol, where a servant girl would come and pass along information to them. They in turn would go and inform King David because they dared not be seen entering the city. However, a young man did see them and informed Absalom. So the two left quickly and came to the house of a man in Bahurim. He had a well in his courtyard and they climbed down into it. Then his wife took the cover, placed it over the mouth of the well, and scattered grain on it so nobody would know anything. Absalom came to the woman at the house and asked, Where are Ahamaz and Jonathan? They passed by towards the water. The woman replied to them, 
but did not find them. So they returned to Jerusalem. After they had gone, Ahimaaz and Jonathan climbed out of the well and went in and formed King David. They told him, get up and immediately ford the river, for Ahithophel has given this advice against you. So David went with him. I'm sorry. So David and all the people with him got up and crossed the Jordan. By daybreak, there was no one who had not crossed the Jordan. And Ahithophel realized that his advice had not been followed. He saddled his donkey and set out for his house in his hometown. He set his house in order and hanged himself. So he died and was buried in his father's tomb. Now, what was Ahithophel's advice? He had told Absalom, which was King David's son, you realize that uh, Absalom was angry with his father because David uh, did not come to Absalom's sister's defense when their stepbrother, also King David's son from another wife or one of his concubines, no, actually, he was one of his, yes, one of the concubines, had raped her. He said he was so in love with her, but he was in lust. And she was saying, this not is not to be done. But he still wanted what he wanted. And then he had some advice that was not, not holy at all. Told him to ask your father to bring... Uh, Tamar to your room to feed you. Say that you are sick and have her to uh, make you some bread from her own hands. So he did this. But he had everybody to leave the room. She was gonna, she wouldn't have a problem with feeding her own brother, even though David knew something was up. He said, why do you want her? But then because of some stuff that he allowed in his own life, he second-guessed his own uh, anointing and uh, he allowed his son he allowed his daughter to go into her brother's room and when he sent out everybody he raped his sister she begged him not to do that said it shouldn't be done and you can ask uh, our father for me in marriage and he would not withhold me from you but he didn't want to do that he wanted to just carry out his lust and when he had finished with her he treated her as if she was nothing she immediately ripped her garments, proving that she was a virgin. Now she's not. And she cannot marry anyone now because he stole that opportunity from her. He should have not touched her anyway. But he did. He wanted what he wanted. So Absalom uh, wondered why his dad didn't do anything. And this is the whole thing. He waited a few years to get him back. We talk about the revenge. Bitterness in your spirit. Uh, is not such a silent killer. And so he killed his brother. David was upset. But he did not uh, talk to his son. This was your son, yes. But if he had gone back to um, their own laws, David could have given him a respite. He could have given him a refuge, should I say. Um, because... The laws let you know you're not supposed to rape a woman like that anyway. What was supposed
almost been done to a man to do this. And this was, he did to his own sister that should not have been. So Absalom took up for his sister. He even named his own daughter Tamar because his sister now could not be married to anyone. She was living in shame because she was made a wife, but he didn't even hold up to uh, his duties as a husband. So he's upset. He kills him. David sin wouldn't even talk to his son. Absalom leaves first, and, and for years, uh, uh, David didn't even speak to him. So finally, Joab, Joab, the same one, they killed a, a man for his brother. He revenged him, but according to the laws, those that murder someone were supposed to also undergo the same treatment, except if they did it not by premeditation, you know, then you give them a city of refuge. But this was doing war. We talked about this. It was a total different thing because Abner had told Abishai back off. Why should I kill you? I won't be able to face your brother. But Abishai still wanted to come and get him. And he, uh, Abner still tried to. He's, he's a, a professional uh, he was commander of the army. He knew what he was doing. He said, go to some of the young ones, take their stuff and go on. But Abishai, who ran just like a gazelle, would not back up. So he killed him. He knew that it was either his life or his. But he had warned him ahead of time. Now, Joab and his brother did not know the conversation. They just was angry and they decided that well, it was Joab decided that he was going to uh, murder uh, Ab uh, Abner, which he did. He pretended that he was going to talk to him, and he murdered him. Uh, Abner did not murder his brother. That was defense, and it was in war. So David, King David... Uh, gets upset and he places a curse on Joab, saying that that may uh, may there never be anyone without some type of disease and all of this sort of thing. Uh, and uh, Joab's those families and and he puts this curse on him, but he keeps forgetting that you angry for. What Joab did to defend his brother. Hello, woman God, how are you? So here King David is upset because Joab murdered Abner for killing his brother in war because Joab was upset. But David had forgotten. He murdered Uriah for Uriah's wife, something that belonged to someone else. Joab knows about it because David had him to do it, in a so to speak. He had him to, he told him to actually put Uriah in, in the front line and let everybody, uh, let the enemy come in and destroy him. He knew because he had tried to set it up. He had gotten uh, Bathsheba pregnant. It should have been out there with war 
with the other men, but he decided to take a break, and he watched her bathing, and he got in his flesh, because you know King David loved women. He just loved them. I mean, he messed up. And he called her in, and she had no choice because he was the king. She had to do whatever he asked. And he slept with her. She became pregnant. So David was going to cover up his stuff, condone it. He was going to cover up his stuff. So he sent for Uriah, had Joab, called Joab to send Uriah back. Gave him some reason to be there. Uriah was not happy with it. So he sits there. And David was wanting him to spend time with his wife. And, and David got the information that Uriah didn't even go into the house. He stayed with the men. You, David, the, like, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. So he brought him on in his house and got it and make him eat and get him drunk. He figured, oh, this boy's so drunk, he's going to go home and lay down. Uriah went back with the servants. Because he just couldn't, he didn't feel right. He told King David, how could I do that and spend time with my wife, make love with my wife, when those, those, uh, the fellow servants, this fellow, uh, his fellow uh, soldiers is out there fighting for the kingdom. And they are not with their wives. He wasn't going to do it. So David sends information to tell Joab, give him this little story to the, 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 one bringing the information so he wouldn't know it was coded. So Joab got the picture. Joab allowed that to happen. Then he told King David that uh, something happened to uh, to Uriah. He got two clothes and all this kind of stuff. So uh, King David knew. And he said, well, tell Joab it's okay. He won't be blamed. So here King David is now upset with, with the very man that knows that he murdered a man. He kept his secret. You cursing me because I defended my brother, but you did worse. You stole this man's wife. You had him killed. The Lord, of course, didn't allow that baby to live, but he did allow them to have a child and gave him Solomon which the Lord named Jedediah, means beloved of the Lord. He really loved Solomon. But Solomon still had his flaws too because he saw what his daddy did. His daddy even healed grudge so much until he telling Solomon on his deathbed practically, these are my enemies, I want you to get them back. Mm-mm, no, but anyway. So here we are. Joab had such a love and respect for King David. He had a love and respect for God, but he was a warrior. And he had such order about him. But you had to wonder, what would he think that this man is putting a curse on him? He had to hear about it. Of course, he wasn't in there when David said it. But he had to hear about it. But he's still fighting a battle for him. Here we are at this point where Absalom is trying to kill David. And David has been informed of the plans that uh, Absalom has. And he was given advice by a man that was once King David's advisor. And like the word says, according at that time, now the advice Ahithophel gave in those days was like someone asking about a word from God. 
such was the regard that both David and Absalom had for Ahithophel. So here, Ahithophel, he's become a traitor to King David. He's now with his son. And he told him exactly, he knew King David's uh, personality to be a warrior. So he told them exactly how to kill him. Said that he won't be, you, he won't be uh, in the town with everybody else. He'll be out in the wilderness. And then that's where you're going to find him. And then you can um, strike him down and all of his men. But King David had favor. He had uh, allowed Hushai to come and uh, pretend to be in allegiance with Absalom. He said, now you're going to uh, have to give me some information. Let me know what's going on there. He had already told them, I don't want you all to kill my son. When you, If you get him in your hands, just don't kill him. And the men heard it. Hitlerfeld was ready to get David back. Why would he want to get David back? Because if you study, because Hitlerfeld was kin to Bathsheba. See all this stuff going on and all these things. So anyway, so here David is uh, running from Absalom. Joab already knows the king's secrets. And yet he still needed order, even at the price of King David putting this uh, curse on him. May he always have someone with leprosy or the lame and all of these things because David was saying that they had usurped his authority. Which in a sense they did because he told them don't, don't, they didn't even ask what Abner was there for. All Joab wanted to do is get him back. And that's what he did. Joab, Abner, and King David had made a pact, got some things settled, but Joab wanted to do what he wanted to do. So David is upset. Joab knows what he did, but he does not dare speak against God's anointed. He didn't say anything. When the time came that Absalom was almost ready to take over his father's life, just end his life with his men and everything. Absalom was riding his mule, it says in the uh, second chapter, second Samuel, in the 18th chapter, in the ninth verse, it said, Absalom was riding on his mule when he happened to meet David's soldiers. When the mule went under the tangled branches of a large oak tree, Absalom's head was caught fast in the tree. The mule under him kept going, so he was suspended in midair. One of the men saw him and informed Joab. He said, I just saw Absalom hanging in an oak tree. You just saw him, Joab exclaimed. Why didn't you strike him to the ground right there? I would have given you ten silver pieces and a belt. The man replied to Joab, even if I had the weight of a thousand pieces of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For we heard the king command you, Abishai and Ittai, protect the young man Absalom for me. If I had jeopardized my own life and nothing is hidden from the king, you would have abandoned me. 
Joab said, I'm not going to waste time with you. Then he took three spears in his hand and thrust them into Absalom's chest. While Absalom was still alive in the oak tree, ten young men who were Joab's armor bearers surrounded Absalom, struck him, and killed him. Joab blew ram, the ram's horn, and the troops broke off their pursuit of Israel because Joab restrained them. They took Absalom, threw him into a large pit in the forest, and raised up a huge mound of stones over him. And all Israel fled, each to his tent. When he was alive, Absalom had taken a pillar and raised it up for himself in the king's valley, since he thought, I have no son to pervert, preserve the memory of my name. So he named the pillar after himself. It is still called Absalom's monument today. We're talking about we need grace and favor for more than just money. David knew that it was going to take the will of God to protect him against his enemies that was right in his household. But the Lord had already told him that this was going to take place. We, we just talked about how exposure is coming to the body of Christ. He even went on to say, even to June the 6th of this year, there's going to be someone who's in the uh, church. I can't say that he's in church like he's supposed to be, but he's a voice piece. He's given himself that title, one that the Lord did not give. And those that has been his posse helping him, covering him, realizing what he's doing, extorting people, is going to flee from him. He's going to be left by himself wide open because more and more people are going to come with the truth of what he's been doing. He's been dealing with astrology and people were thinking that he's getting just words from the Lord. No, he's dealing in some dark things and he's, he's got information from people in dark places and he's been extorting people. And the Lord said, June the 6th, of this year, you're going to see some exposure. And it's sad. It is so sad to think that men and women call themselves chosen by God, plan, purpose in their heart to destroy others' lives for their benefit so that they can be wealthy. And it's all about the wealth you have. And, and it's nothing new about uh, leaders who have agreed in their spirit to tap into dark things, like we said, apothecary and, and, and witchcraft and astrology. Because they want to be great. They want their words to uh, seem like they are uh, all-powerful. That even happened with, this happened with Ahithophel. He was an advisor to King David and Absalom, and they took his word like it was God. But even though Ahithophel did tell the truth, he did tell them, give them a good, give Absalom a great strategic plan that would have killed David and his men. And all the 
the wealth that David had, all the anointing that he has, it was going to take favor of God to spare his life. And he did have favor. He had those that loved him, was loyal to him, told him exactly what was going on. And uh, Hushai actually knew that the advice that Ahithophel would have worked. So he confused Absalom, though. He made it seem like, oh, no, you don't want to do that. There's no no way, you know, because uh, you know King David. You know he's a mighty warrior. He wouldn't be there. And when Ahithophel, because he was so consumed by pride, so consumed by greed, so consumed by uh, a vengeance, for whatever reason he felt, he did not like not being listened to. He couldn't take it. His personality was so defective, he couldn't handle it. He hung himself because he knew, not only because he knew that David would have wiped him out, but see, they wasn't looking. If he was looking in the spirit, he's seeing that David is really, uh, he was pulling back on some things because he was feeling guilt. This mighty warrior, this mighty man of God, this powerful uh, king, prophet, priest, and king, doing things that he know that he can't cover up now. You having someone that's over your uh, army realizing that you had him to kill somebody for you. Now, at the same time, you didn't give me grace and mercy, and you know this joker killed my brother, and you putting a curse on me. But then David goes back and used him again when it was beneficial for him. When we, what we are going through in this time, at this dispensation of time, the body of Christ, where the enemy is on the left, the right, north, south, east, and west, all the way around us, consuming with confusion and lies and, and distortion and appearing to be authentic voices coming against the body of Christ. And they are being uh, compared to these shysters that are using all sorts of tricks to get people's money, to make them wealthy, to make them famous. And they do nothing to help the body of Christ or those that's entrusting them to be the true mouthpieces of the Lord. And the true uh, servants of the Lord, true mouthpieces of the Lord is getting caught up in it. Not because of, they ch of choosing or anything that they did. We have to have the favor of the Lord. In our everyday situations, we have to have the favor of the Lord. The enemy wants us to get so consumed by stuff, regardless of what. And there are so many because he wants to get our, uh, our necessary uh needs met, we, things that we have to have. He wants to get us so fearful that we won't have it until we'll do just about anything or get close to doing things that not quite, mm, not quite evil, but definitely not good. That's what he wants you to do, borderline. That's what he wants it to appear like. But the Lord said not so. He's given us grace and favor. And, 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 and this that the enemy is using, those very gifts to distort, to exploit, to rape and plunder God's people. 
He's going to give us seeing eyes and hearing ears. Because the exposure is going to come so fast, some in the body of Christ won't be able to take it without the strength of the Lord. They're going to be so uh, devastated in the natural. That's the reason why the Lord is protecting you now to uh, be defrauded like you have been by those that you would never have thought would have done these things. So close that they did these things. Wide open that they've done these things. And I mean name, I mean they are well known. And the Lord says, the favor of the Lord, he's given it to you. You need grace. And yes, you need favor. But you need it for more than just money. And that's where a lot of people have been deceived because they have a need, a financial need, and forgot that the Lord says that you don't have to worry about what you're going to put on. You don't have to worry about uh, where you're going to stay. You don't have to worry about any of those things. But they get caught in that moment and forget to go to the source of all of our needs. And God explored it. Because these people lying and telling you things that they want to hear. That's why they start asking you questions. Again, he's telling me to tell you. Any of you who ever had someone to have to constantly ask you, what's your birthday? Things like that. That's astrology. They start asking you certain things about uh, what do you like to do, what type of uh, job you have, and all of these things. They get all these questions from you, and then they have you to drop through hoops to get a word from the Lord. That's not the way things happen. That's not the way the Lord does things. He wants you to get back into the rightful place or where you can hear him. And his first word he's going to give you is through the written word. Because if he's going to send a man or woman of God to you, you already have a relationship with him enough to know when you're hearing what he's saying. Now you have to get to the point also to get yourself out of the way because the Lord generally is never ever going to tell you exactly what you want to hear. He never does. It's not the way it is. He gives you what you need to hear. And that's just it. But what the enemy does, he wants to get us so caught up in our flesh until the body of Christ becomes ineffective. We're no longer medicine. We become poison. And the Lord does not allow that. He doesn't want that to be. And we cannot allow that. We have to get so consumed with the word of God that that is what we want regardless of anything else, that we want his relationship, we want his presence, we want to talk like him, act like him, think like him, do what he does like he said he wanted us to, because he created it, created us for that first. Everything else is a, a bonus. So we have to pray for the body of Christ, for that favor of God, the true favor of God, so that they can see the manifestation of it in their lives. And, and realize that the grace that he's already given us past what we could even ever repay. And he's not asking for that. Because we got to hear clearly. We have deceptive, deceiving words that's being spoken through the body of Christ all the time. And it's so convincing that you almost can't tell the difference. 
And the reason being is because those that are called by the Lord have allowed themselves to get entangled with snares and their lifestyle has some contamination in it. And that's where the enemy is playing because just like with Joab, I know what you've done. What you going to say? Really? <laughs> I respect your position. I even respect the Lord in you. But you can't really say too much to me. I know what you've done. And that's what's happening in the body of Christ. And that's what the enemy is trying to do. Yes, you have some that have messed up. Didn't have to. Because if they stayed in the word, they would not have gotten that way. But the enemy is trying to get us all. I'm trying to find that scripture. That's why I, the Lord will bring it to me. But he's trying to get us all to where we cannot see. He wants us to get so caught up in our feelings for one another. That we forget our relationship with him. The Lord, we have to be reminded that the Lord, Jesus said he didn't come here to uh, uh, bring peace. He came to bring a sword. It doesn't mean he's trying to be nasty. He's not trying to be gangster. He's, not, he's tearing down a religious sect. If people don't know that the Antichrist is not here already, then they are sadly mistaken. And, and it is through a religious denomination, yes. But not like what people think. And, then, and if you were to mention it right now, oh yes, people would get so offended. But if they read the word, they would clearly see all of the idolatry that's there. Everything that sets up to let you see that it's there. And that's what he wants to do is clear out the body of Christ where there is no idols. First of all, and this is going to offend a lot of people, no one's supposed to be even worshiping the cross. And many people do. They wear it like a, it's their banner. The cross was a curse. The Lord was put on a tree. Some were saying that it was cross. Or others said because a lot of times they actually put one stick up there, a, a, a wooden log and, and impaled them on there. And other times they put a, a piece of wood across and everything like that. But he never told us to worship any of those things. We're supposed to worship him. That the fact that he had allowed himself to become accursed when he did nothing. All these accusations, all the things that we were going to do further down the line. He had already died so that we wouldn't pay that penalty of sin which meant death. And without Christ meant going to hell for whatever length of time he had you there. That's what that meant. And we are worshiping things. He said we're not supposed to have idols of anything in heaven or on earth. And when we start talking like this, people don't like it. They don't want you to tell the truth of the things. Because, But if you're really talking to the Lord, like he said, he is going to reveal those things. Why are you worshiping the cross? That's an, that was an accursed thing. You're supposed to look to the cross, yes. To remember that that's what it took for him to redeem us. It didn't have to, but that was the, 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 the protocol of the enemy of the day. And when people start digging into some things, it's going to shock some people. Some people are going to leave some denominations that they're going to realize that, hmm, wait a minute. Well, we won't go there. That's for another time. The favor of God. Still trying to find it. Lord, help me. But anyway, it's going to take grace. Takes grace and favor for more than just money. 
we can't just be uh, going about trying to extort God's people. And all we think about is, is that's our whole agenda. Every When we wake up from the time we go to bed, we're wondering about how much money we're going to get. If that meant that we're going to exploit somebody to do it, we really need to fall on our faces really quickly. Fall on our faces. I'm still trying to find that. Oh. <laughs> that scripture. Yes, indeed. We talked about when David got his wife back, McCall, and all of these, and we talked about when Rizpah, Saul's uh, concubine, and all her sons were killed. But I'm trying to find where the particular scripture where it would show why you need favor. One, actually, because as uh, even King David's Right-hand man giving him advice all the time. Knowing your secret. Know what you're thinking. You, He's an open man. To some things. <laughs> well, he still was open. He, he chose to let certain ones see certain things. So, here he was. Um, it took the favor of the Lord to spare his life. Yes. And that is what it's going to take for the body of Christ because the Lord says that we are doing these same things. We're pointing our fingers at some and not even looking at ourselves. And, and the Lord been talking to me about that all day. Just uh, get the body, just remind the body of Christ. They're not as clean as they think they are. They have some things on them that soap and water is not taking off. We're getting so caught up into the world that we forget that we're not supposed to be here forever. There's some things that we're supposed to do on earth, yes, but this is not a home. And he's getting ready to, um, very soon, he's going to annihilate the heaven that's already there and the earth that's here and make it brand new. That is about to happen. When we, when exactly, he haven't told us, he even said in his word, Christ himself don't know when he's going to be coming back. So all those that's trying to predict the exact day and time, no, 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 no. That's not the way he said things. He'll give us date and times on some things such as June the 6th. <laughs> Watch some exposure of some leaders in the church. It's going to be wide open. Yes, he did say that. 2000, um, yes, 2020 of this year, yes, June the 6th. He spoke that wide open. And it's bothering me. That that saddens. It really saddens me. But go back to this about why would uh, Joab kill the king's son when the king said not to do it? You got to also understand that Joab was the one that had King David to bring his son back. Because uh, Absalom had gone to his family's house for a while. And when he got back, David wouldn't speak to him. And he's upset. He's demanding why you're not talking to me. See, that's the problem. Sometimes we get so caught in ourselves that we're not really hearing what the Lord said. And that's what Absalom should have been doing. He knew his father's faith. He knew that he was trained this way. Go to God first. Don't demand him to do what you want him to do. And that's what he did. When he knew that if he was talking to the Lord, his, he deserved death. He wasn't supposed to do that. You're the king's son. You're a prince. 
and you killed his brother. Yes, he messed up and let the king handle it. If he hadn't handled it at that time, you still pray. But he didn't. He took some things in his own hands. To the point that he was being used in a word that the Lord had that shows the personality of this man. Sometimes we wonder why things are happening in our life, some things that God has spoken. But because he saw the flaws in us, he knew that we were the ones going to carry it out. The Lord had told David, because he killed Uriah, the sword would never leave his house. Even when so to so specific to tell him that someone even kin to you of your own house is going to do this, is even going to uh, sleep with your wives wide open. David Lynn leaves 10 of his concubines, his secondary wives, there to take care of the house. And the, 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 uh, the word that he had gotten was to sleep with the wives. Hit the fell. Told him. Sleep with the wives. Bring it wide open so everybody would see that, that you were against David. David, because he was trying to become king. He would uh, meet people at the gate and give them a word and, and acting like he was so humble. Oh, the king can't be spoken to right now. Is there anything I can help you with? And all this sort of stuff to win his father's kingdom. Because he's upset his daddy didn't talk to him like he wanted him to. Wanted to make him do what he wanted him to do. Manipulation, that's what he was doing. And he really didn't really want the king to talk to him because if the king did, he, he could have killed him. But he knew the Lord's, his, his king's heart was with the Lord, that he wanted to keep his family intact. And, and, and he even tried to keep his uh, child out of sin intact, when, but when the Lord took him. Absalom had favor with the king and didn't know what to do with it. He should have just backed on off. He should have just gotten himself together. He should have just prayed through it. And he did not. And Joab, because he brought the king's son back for them to talk. And, and then Joab, then he has a woman to give him a false word to use the situation to get David back, uh, get Absalom back. And uh, he even tells David that he knows he has favor with him now because you listened to that word and he didn't kill him. And so here, David is, you wonder, why would he bring Absalom back? And then now you're killing him. Not only did you kill him, you took three spills of your own and stabbed this man in the chest while he's hanging in a tree because his hair was so long. The word even says there was not a flaw on this boy. From, from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was not a flaw on him. He was sure enough good looking. And with all of that, didn't mean anything. The character was wrong. Why would Joab do this? He didn't have revenge. He didn't have anything against Absalom. Why would he do this? Because David was not seeing that your own kingdom... Joab was protecting the throne. That was his calling, yes. And yes, that he should have listened to the king a lot of times, even though he didn't want to. Uh, he should have, but he was protecting the, the throne because he knew that if Absalom were to live, and he had gotten to this point, you already done slept with your daddy's wife. You tried to kill him. You tried to be king. You're going to really kill him. You're going to mess up the whole kingdom. You're going to mess up his reputation. You're going to make the king look weak. But David wasn't seeing all this stuff. He had gotten so comfortable with his compassion 
and his function had to put some foot down, and David and and, and Absalom would have been dealt with. He could have dealt when he was the king. He could have said, "You bound forever to your house. No, you better not leave the house. You understand what I'm saying? You better not leave that." He didn't do this. So here, Joab having to stop this foolishness, he killed him, even though the king said not to. That's what the Lord is showing that the favor of the Lord is going to cause us to uh, have this boldness, but you don't have to be arrogant with it. And that's what happens sometimes with Joab. He gets a little bit cocky. That's not good. And I don't understand why the Lord keeps saying it over and over again tonight. He said, we is going to take grace and favor. For more than just money. Let us pray for our households. Let us pray for the president. I know that a lot of people don't want to pray for him. But we need to. He's our leader. We have to pray for him. We have to pray for his family. We have to put ourselves in their position. If we want to hear all this. I say this all the time. I, I am so exhausted about hearing about the coronavirus and, and, and President Trump and, and all this stuff and, and all the stuff that they empower him to do that he's not capable of doing. He's not God. He does not have the ability to be omnipotent. And even though they're trying to belittle and all of these things, what does that make us look like? We're supposed to be able to like Joab, even though the king said some bad things to him, he still protected the throne. He knew, he, he respected God's uh, anointed. And even though we might not like it, it's going to take the favor of God from some of those that we don't like to get the things that the Lord want us to have and, and, and allow us to uh, do what he want us to. Families is God's agenda. He wants relationship. And we have to pray for the government because there is getting ready to be some upsets. He said that before. You, he's not through exposing. This is not done. All everyone ever hears about is what the president's flaws was, what he did with the money, his dad's money, and, and all of these sort of things. And if that camera was pointing on the same people that's doing all this talking, I wonder how clean they would come out. Just how clean. What would they have done if they were he? Would they want everybody talking about them every moment of the day? We have to be praying because what the enemy is doing is to have us to target our leader. Because if we can do that, it's just like this. If you can disrespect your parent, nobody else matters to you. You have no boundaries. You don't care because that authority that God put immediately above you means nothing to you. It's what you want. It's what you say. And that's it. So everybody else, please. That's nothing. And that's what the enemy is doing to America. They might not like it. I don't care whatever they say, whether he, 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 he bought his way in there, stole his way in there, whatever. The Lord still allowed him to be here because he didn't have to. And no one is 
in position unless the Lord allow you to be there. So what's going to have to happen? America is going to have to wake up and stop this foolishness. Pray. He's here now. Why not pray that he get better? Why not pray that the things that uh, the Lord wants to uh, bring about to this world happen? Why not ask him to use this man that who had been through the muck and the mire and everybody know it and ask his heart to be changed totally for the Lord and watch some things take place. Why not that? Why we got to keep pulling at each other? Because it's the enemy's tactic. That's his job. We're going to need favor. Grace and favor. And it's going to be for a whole lot more than just money. Because what the enemy has in store during this process of the election Doing the process of getting uh, our lives back to where we are not prisoners. Because the enemy has that intact anyway. That's plans. You read the word, that's plans. Martial law, yes, he's got that plan. If you read in Revelation, you would definitely see all of that trying to ostracize us, keep us in the house, monitor everywhere you go, uh, monitor what you buy, uh, be able to know what you got in your account, and all of these things, and you go anywhere in the world, they know where you are. That's already written. And everyone is talking, it's like, it's okay. Pray. Pray like you have not prayed before and pray for favor of God. Pray for the grace of God. And just don't pray for the money. The money is there, yes. Just ask the Lord to start taking it and and and, and putting it in the places where it needs to be where everyone can benefit. Don't think everybody's broke here. They're not. The government might be. But if they were, everybody was paying their taxes like they're supposed to, the government wouldn't be either. A king didn't do that. But we need to pray. And men that were in leadership and in military. You had uh, um, him. They excommunicated people all the time. And for if you dealt with a what they call a, a Protestant, or if you married a Protestant, and all of these things, they would excommunicate you. Well, why didn't they not excommunicate this madman? So you got to pray for everyone. This is what I'm saying. People pointing their fingers, yes, but they don't want to see what's going on with them. America needs to be praying. Don't keep pointing at your leader because it makes us naked. And these leaders, we need to pray. And there's going to be changing of the guards because as things as they are now cannot stay the same. Word is going to. God bless. God. God bless. I love you all with all of my heart. That won't change. I will always tell you. If you get tired, I'm sorry. But I'm still going to tell you. I want you to know this, and this is more important. God loved you first, and he loves you best. God bless you. Good night.